Welcome to the first episode of the Peas in the Podcast Season 2. Here we discuss trends and provide commentary on media and social justice issues, as well as our own personal life experiences. We are currently living this quarantine, Miss Rona, COVID-19 life, and we are a podcast that supports the hashtag wear your mask movement. Today we are doing something a bit different this episode. We getting lit. We're getting drunk. We're actually going to be consuming alcohol throughout this entire episode, so bear with us if some things get slurred and mumbled and jumbled and all that good stuff. Also, another disclaimer, we are all well above the age of 21 and we are going to be drinking responsibly. Please do not consume any alcoholic beverages if that is not within your legal right to do or in your comfort zone to do. Jameer, you can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) You got me there. All right, so I'm going to just get us started on this because y'all know we love getting this mix and this mess. And let me take my first sip of alcoholic beverage. So today's topic for me... (laughs) <laughs> in current news our leader meg the stallion aka tina snow aka hot girl meg aka that bitch <laughs> has been put through a rather traumatizing experience with known cover artist tori lanes were we all aware of this topic yeah okay well i'm gonna get into it so for listeners who aren't and starlisha <laughs> Uh, (laughs) there isn't enough credible source information in regard to what has transpired between the two artists outside of the fact that Meg got shot in both her feet. So that was confirmed during her, her live session. Okay. But the intricacies of what has transpired isn't our business. What is our business is how black women need to be protected and seen as human first and foremost. So Meg put out a tweet that said, quote, Black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to protect the feeling of others without considering our own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my real life and I'm real life hurt and traumatized. Now, the responses were amok. Here were some of them. If you dated or hung around a better class of men, I hate when people say black women are unprotected. How are black men who are not around supposed to protect you? Tory Lanez is not a man. But what about all that hood shit you was rapping? Now you crying? And a slew of other toxic shit from too many black men in particular and too many pick me women. Then Meg came back with an IG live to express her discomfort yet again and mostly to let her fans know how she was doing. Now, all in all, I'm gonna say I support Meg. Check your sources as well, folks, but let's get into this. So I got a question for y'all. Do y'all think that Meg is overreacting and that there's some kind of validity to the commentary feedback? She is not overreacting at all. I actually saw a lot of those tweets and a lot of those comments on Instagram. I was actually kind of hurt. I'm like, I used to be a really big 50 Cent fan and he shared like this crazy meme about her. The same, uh, what's that rapper's name? Cameron? Mm. And I'm just, Cameron, the one he shared, not only was it like transphobic, it just was so inappropriate to share during this time. Like, like this lady was actually shot in both of her feet. Why, why are you taking this time now to like make fun of her? Wasn't there something too about like Dre? I did not see the Dre video. All I know oh, is yeah. that Shorty Lawson endorsed The Dre team. one was wild. What did she so, say? With Dre, so Dre pretty much, she was doing like this, uh, 
like this this is kind of like a YouTube interview type thing podcast and they were talking and she pretty much said oh well I'm kind of into the idea of like a guy caring that much about me that he be willing to like risk his freedom what and like you know it was, it was like a lot of stuff like that and it's funny because Drea has had like her own spats with like I don't know I don't know if domestic violence is the term that she might use to um, refer to her relationship with that uh, I think he was like an NBA player, so like maybe like she's normalizing that. But regardless, sorry, I feel wait, like that's a, that's you, something that you, you might to, say. Wait, I need you to run that back to me. So she went on somebody's couch and said that. Mm-hmm. She was she I think she was drinking too, so maybe she was having her own three shots. But it was just very <laughs> inappropriate. And then the people for the radio show, they were even like, "Huh, what?" They they were trying to like spin it around too. But, like, she kept going with it. But my thing is, like, I feel like even if she was joking or playing around, that's like a play around in the group chat type of thing. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that you say with a platform. So she got dropped from Fenty. But she deserved it. I didn't even think in my mind that people would say mean shit to her. I thought that she was going to have support and community backing because I was like, you know, Meg's been posting a lot throughout this quarantine. Everybody really likes Meg. Like... She's a hot girl we love to see. She just had a number one hit with Beyonce. And the first fucking comment was like, oh, wasn't you repping all that hot girl shit? Why are you mad now? Like, I was just so appalled. And then, of course, you know, you look at <laughs> who's saying it. And it was a bunch of fucking Nibbles. black men. <laughs> exactly. And I was Nibbles. like, really, y'all? Like, that's... Just embarrassing us. That's what we're doing right now? Not just black men, black rappers. I don't know. It's just disgusting. Well, then that leads me to my, like, second question, because it, it blew my mind. But why why do y'all think men in particular, because I'm, I'm going to leave this one to the fellas, because this whole episode is about why men deserve less. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> why do you think men in particular felt compelled to call her out based on her rapping or dating history? Because a lot of the other conversations were like, he's not a real man, stop playing with these boys, uh... Tory Lanez is like five foot, so how he a real man, which is a whole bunch of problematic shit in itself. But like, I just want to know why, why do you guys think that the men felt compelled to respond to her that way? So I think it has a lot to do with um her persona. Like I think of songs like Cash Shit or um, really most of the songs on Tina Snow where like she's cocky and full of herself and like she's embodying, like she she takes pride in like her sexual energy and I feel like a lot of times when men witness women and women like that especially uh especially like beautiful women like her embrace their sexuality and embrace themselves holistically we feel threatened and then like I feel like a lot of times they're bringing up the guy like because she's what what the only guy we really know is money bag yo yeah like I didn't know I keep hearing like these these rumors or something where it's like Oh, she was dating Tory Lanez, or she was with, and I'm like, I didn't hear her confirm that. I ain't hear no. Yeah, we only we only know one source. No, nothing. But like either way, if my friend I just think even if he was just friends, like if my friend shot me in the foot, like that's still fucking traumatic. Period. Yeah, like you can't. It doesn't matter what he was, what he is, what he could have been to her. Is but like I feel like a lot of times when men see powerful women, right, and we see them choose men who don't have the traits that we have a lot of times men are like oh well she wanted to be around them thugs and she wanted to be around them hood niggas and then 
some hood nigga stuff happened. So she deserved it. And I feel like a lot of times that comes out of like hurt of not being chosen. But it's still, that hurt doesn't make it okay. And the fact that like niggas is really going out their way to uh, make her feel small. I feel like that's another really big part of it too. We've seen this uh, strong, tall, beautiful woman who's mm-hmm. cocky and she's aware of her uh yeah she's aware of like her positionality and stuff and we're trying to like make everything it's like we're trying to take from her yeah everything that she like that she worked to build herself up within the last two three years we're taking that from her we're taking away her agency which that to me is the really that's really the most disgusting part like she is not like she doesn't have her mom she doesn't have her dad and she doesn't have like her grandma so like she doesn't like one thing she has her confidence and niggas is trying to take that away too we we still have a a, a a major issue with people accepting being able to also say i'm i'm still vulnerable because they love to throw that whole ain't you a strong independent black woman don't need no man it's like yeah i don't but i also don't need to get fucking shot and have traumatic experiences and you make a mockery of it which brings mm-hmm. me to my last fucking question so can we talk about this in the scope of black womanhood would she have so this came up um through facebook posts i saw it on her instagram live it popped up um i think there was an article written around it too but um somebody had said would she have been met with this kind of backlash from the men and the pick me's um had she been in iggy azalea bad bobby or shit i guess chanel west coast um <laughs> and I heard folks say and I heard folks say this backlash in particular would never have happened to a Janae Aiko or a Kalani. So if Janae Aiko got shot in the foot or Kalani got shot in the foot, they're saying that most people's responses would have been, We support you, sis, and anything you need. And I do feel like Meg had supporters and I think she recognized that from what I got in her her live. Do you guys think that because she is particularly a black woman? She's also a, a a bigger figure. Like she's not, she's not our. Let me think of the word. Antiquated. Oh God, I'm already slipping. <laughs> what is the word? What is the word? <laughs> Sorry, oh, like I told y'all I was drinking. Antiquated. Like is that the word I'm looking antiquated? for? Antiquated. Oh fuck! You know what? Y'all knew what I meant. Dated. What is antiquated for now? It, Stereotypical. Period. <laughs> um. She's she's not our our image of the damsel in distress. The girl is like yeah, five foot eleven. She's stacked like she's not your skinny, tiny five foot Double two stacked. white girl who needs support and help. In our idea of who needs help, um, so um, okay, I'll start with like Iggy Azalea or Bad Baby. So is that how you this say happened it? to Bad Baby because I still don't know what the fuck her name is. Bad I, yeah, Bad Barbie, bad baby. Bad, Bobby. I don't know. Yeah, Danielle. Danielle Bergold. Something. <laughs> Gregoli, yeah, that's, that's the last name. So with bad, if this happened to Bad Baby, right? Yo, it would be they would have memed it so hard because like she she surrounds herself with like a lot of these hood niggas and like hood rappers and stuff, and they going even though she's I don't think she's even eighteen yet. They're gonna be like, that's what she get for being around grown men. That's what she because like that's what they say now when like anytime she's linked to a rapper, like why? Yeah, like, they always blame it around her. Like why is she with Kodak in his video? Why does she have uh, NBA Youngboy's name tatted? Why does she have this? Why does she? Have... And it's like, if she were to get shot, they would rip her to shred. Okay, but and who is the they, who it... is the they in particular? Because right, that's my question. Oh, a lot of black men and a lot of black women too. 
but for Janae and Kalani, like, it would have been World War Three. I don't, I honestly think that Tory Lanez wouldn't be alive if it was Janae or Kalani, especially in California. Like, the uh, history that both, that those two have, I just don't think that oh, people agree. would let him walk around. I agree. Most of, <laughs> All of California. Most of her fan base and everybody else would still also be ready to whoop some ass too. I just don't feel like I got that with Meg. I, I feel like people were either either laughing at Meg or they were trying to shield her from the people laughing. And nobody was really like Tory Lanez, what the fuck, bro? I feel like it might even be worse. I feel like a lot of the people I've seen, they just turned into detectives. Like, they care more about finding out exactly what's happening. And I'm like, yo, you're not entitled to that information. Yeah. If she wants to let us know what happened, she can let us know. My thing is, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it it doesn't fucking matter. There is somebody who has literal medical records of being shot and in the hospital. And I feel like that happens a lot with black women. Like, we say, hey, I'm I'm suffering. I'm hurt. I need some help. And people are like, "Mm, but you're strong, sis. Y'all saw that meme? <laughs> the little high five as we're yeah, drowning? Yeah, that meme that just has been going yeah, around this like, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cashy just shared that on Instagram the other day. And it's true. Okay, so y'all, <laughs> this season we decided to switch up our segments. For those who are new listeners, I, Daphne, this is the voice that you're hearing if this is your first season with us, um, would do a segment covering the global perspective and what was happening in politics and culture um star would discuss an event in history that happened the day we recorded and jameer would cover a black business that you should absolutely give your coins to and this season um we're switching it up and i'm going to pass the mic to jameer to let him talk about his new segment and what's to come for season two thanks Daph. so yeah um with my segment it'll be entitled what are you listening to and it's really just been a really interesting time in music this year since the beginning of the year there's been at least 10 different number one songs in america and i personally don't really look to the charts to dictate my music taste but this is really just showing how much music is truly being played well the role that music is really played right now in terms of navigating the quarantine thank you for helping me have a job music industry i appreciate y'all because i needed it during this quarantine (laughs) yes shout out to staying employed hey and in reference to that, I really wanted to get into the Flo Millie album, Ho, Why You Here. So yeah, like, Flo Millie is this really dope rapper who found early success in 2019 with the release of her infamous fight song, Beef. It, it got really, it got like a lot of attention on TikTok. And since then, she's released In The Party and Not Friendly. And as of July 24th, she's released her first mixtape, Ho, Why You Here. Ooh. With soon-to-be club anthems like Excuse Me, Cinnati. I can't wait to see where her career will go from here, especially when she can start going on tour. I feel like she truly brings something interesting to the rap game or with the rise of people like Asian Dow and Dreezy in recent times. We need to make more space for cocky, talented, and beautiful dark-skinned femcees in the rap game. Hey, with let's, let's from go. No Name, Mulatto, Dreezy, and many more. I can't wait to see what she has in store for us when this lockdown is over. Can I just say, like, I'm I'm low-key tired of all these club anthems coming out and I got a club in my fucking living room alone. Like, mm-hmm. honestly. But yeah, I guess it's time to transition into Starleisha's topic. Star, are you ready? My topic is, huh, communication seems to be really difficult between men and women. So my topic is entitled, why don't y'all talk? So mm. yeah, 
Just, and this y'all is relatively gender neutral. It could be men, it could be women, it could be any of our non-binary folks who are out there listening to us. Yes, yeah. Um, but anyone in a relationship. Um, so yeah, in my friend group, I'm the extrovert. Everybody knows that. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not afraid to ask hard questions and get to the bottom of things. And that is definitely true for me when I'm dating. So in 2017, I was so single. I was like single as a Pringle and I was living (laughs) here in Lancaster and I started dating because I was lonely and heartbroken. So I was like swiping Mm. and swiping and swiping and I would go on dates, like two dates in a row with two different guys, like two nights in a row. Um, And it, it was just like one of those things where I was trying to get over my ex and I couldn't really, and then he moved across the country. So after that, I felt a lot more carefree when I would go out. I wasn't worried that I was gonna look over my shoulder and see him, he was across the country. And I just felt more empowered. And I knew that what he and I had been missing in our 10 month relationship was honest and open communication. And it was evident in several things. It was me who suggested that we go on a break before we broke up. It was me who asked him to stay home from a show from from seeing like one of his favorite bands who were in town because I was having anxiety about our relationship and I wanted to talk. Um, also, uh, <clears throat> dude, if you're still listening, if you're like listening to this, if you somehow get your hands on this, I know I owe you a ticket to that show. I promised you that next time they went on tour, I will buy you a ticket, but now COVID's happening. So I might be off the hook. Who knows? Nah, uh, sis. <laughs> there's no expiration date on that. I, I know. I know. And they're getting more popular. So I think they're, oh, wait, they, who's that the ticket price. Delta Ray sounds oh, uh, mildly familiar. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. It's like a white folksy group. Sounds mildly familiar. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, like they might have had a song on MTV. Yeah, yeah collab with Mount Joy. <laughs> huh? So it was that relationship that taught me to explicitly ask for what I want and needed. And once I started doing that, I never stopped. So among my friend group, I've kind of dubbed myself the dating queen. I had a friend. I'm sorry, wait, what? You heard me. Hold up. Yeah. Okay. So listen, I need to, I'm going to interject here because I can. You know what? Because bitch, as long as I've been struggling in my dating career, I hear no help from you. Yeah, because, mm, 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 mm. We do not have to get into all... Go ahead. Say it with your chest. No, I'm just saying. I ain't getting... You, I got you zero already you know have what your I get? mind made up. Let me explain something to y'all. Let me explain something to y'all. So what I get from Star when I'm going on my long ass 50 page rant text about how much I hate some man. <laughs> let me, let me do it. It is normal day to day Daphne shit. You know what I get as a response? Hmm. I get a, oh my God. I just get a big ass capital letter OMG. OMG. Or... I get an audio message that just sounds like this, uh, which is the equivalent of fucking Tina on Bob's Burgers. That's just, uh, that's what I get from stuff. Uh, uh, okay, oh, so else. I'm the dating, okay, let me clarify. Among my friends who so we ain't your friends? don't have a lot of experience dating, I oh. am the dating queen. Okay. So Daphne, that's why you don't get quality advice from me because you know what you're doing. You know what you should be saying. Bitch, I don't. No, you. If I knew, mm, if I knew this what is I was not doing, thera- I this wouldn't is be not, the shithole I'm in. This is not Daphne therapy time, but y'all need to know. No, Daphne. Y'all need to know that Daphne is A1 Aquarius. 
Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Facts don't care about your feeling. How many times, Daphne and Jameer, have I gone into our group chat and I've said, hey, X, Y, and Z happened, and both y'all hit me with, oh, well, da 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 period, and that's it. No empathy, no sympathy, <laughs> no understanding. Right answer, <laughs> Is it, though? Sometimes you just gotta be straight to the point. Yeah, it works for me, so. And me, as a Libra, I need that balance in my life where... 50% of the time, y'all can get straight to the point with me. And the other 50% of the time, I need you to like dust some sugar on top. Just a little bit. Yeah. So among my friends who ha- don't have a lot of dating experience, I've dubbed myself the dating queen. I have a friend who just got out of an eight-year relationship. Um, she Dang. literally does not know what she's doing. Hi, Joey, because I'm going to be sending this to you and I know you're going to listen. She okay, doesn't know what she's- I- I'm sorry. I know I keep interjecting. And y'all know, like I said... I gave y'all the disclaimer that I am drinking, so say what you must. We should have Joey on the podcast sometime. I don't want to give all her secrets, but I'm okay with that. But I need to know. Eight I years. need to know how you get to eight years because I can barely make it to ten months. Well, <laughs> I can kind of, I can roundabout answer that question that ties into my topic. They didn't communicate. Her boy, her ex boy, from she and I and our other friend Katie were on Facetime this morning, and Joey said. I feel like I'm just spilling everyone's government secrets. But she said it was because they didn't communicate well. So wait, are you saying, hold on, Star. I think I just had a, a fucking epiphany moment here. Are you saying that because of my Aquarius tendencies to be very direct and very communicative, I have thus weeded out the trash from my life exponentially, expeditiously? No, it's the opposite. Bitch, I needed it's you to go with me here so I felt a little bit better about my decisions. I didn't no, need, it's I didn't need no because of your Aquarian tendencies that, okay, look, listen, communication is important, right? We all know this. Okay. Communication is important, okay. but there's a difference between communicating in a way that is explicit uh, for what you want and need. And there's, a, there, so that's like on the left side. And then on the right side where Daphne hangs out is communication that is you did this wrong and you did this wrong and you did this wrong i have to dead you now wow i didn't know i was gonna come on this podcast to be attacked (laughs) i don't know what you're expecting look this is not first of all for any man six foot and taller well employed, oh, oh, that's the other thing. Dark skin, if you are 5'9", Daphne physically cannot see you. If you are 5'9", and she's three going quarters, on, she's rambling, but Daphne I hope y'all hear me cannot this, see you. Six I, foot, I can also it's when I so run, arbitrary. Single it's so arbitrary. And ready to mingle. No, she ain't. Do not listen to her. <laughs> Bitch. Look. You never know who's watching now. Who's listen, my king can be out there, okay? <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then you're gonna find him boring. Probably a lot of these. See, men are very this is- <laughs> that's why they deserve less. Men deserve less because they can't <laughs> hold conversations. They're gonna lol wyd me to death, and that's why they deserve less. Okay, Sorry, I, Star, I derailed I feel your whole topic Go because ahead, I definitely add lol after everything. Okay, so I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Oh, I hate that shit. I'm gonna take a pause because I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> so, just in the last few weeks, I've asked a friend. So I know you're feeling anxious about this newly budding relationship you're embarking in during quarantine, but have you asked him about whatever, whatever, and whatever? And her response every time was no. And I told her that dating is like theater. In the theater, we have a saying. Well, I have a saying. 
that every audition is another chance to perform. I ain't never heard this in my life. I say it, I say it all the time. With dating, I told her every relationship and every question you ask is an opportunity to practice asking for what you want and what you need. And if it doesn't work with boy A, you move on to boy B. If it doesn't work with boy B, you move on to boy C. Think I got it covered on a weekend. Yeah! Let's Shout out to SZA. <laughs> Shout out to SZA. My girl, <laughs> she knows. She knows. Um. So here's my question. Why does the burden of communicating always fall on the woman? Ooh. Why do I have to ask all the hard questions? Why do I have to do all the heavy lifting? Can you tap me in first? I want to be tapped in first. Daphne, go. Tap, tap, tap in. Tap so- in. I didn't use going to say <laughs> Shout out to Sweetie. I've asked this question before because for me, and I think what my, I think issues that I run into as far as communication, not necessarily that I'm too direct or I'm nitpicking at like stuff that he's doing. Uh, I guess I do. Like if I don't like something, I'm gonna just say it. Like if you're boring me, I will tell you, you are boring me. Please stop texting me now. Text me when you're interesting again. Uh, that like, But I will say that the reason it falls on women is because of how we are. And this is just me pontificating here is because of how we're socially conditioned. Whereas like for us, we're able to say, I'm going through X, Y, Z, and then we'll process it and be like, I really don't need to act on it. I just needed to express it and then I'm good. Whereas like in my experience for men, it's been like if I communicate out something as a problem or I say, hey, I'm feeling this thing, men are like, how do I get the actionable solution so that she never brings this up again? Meanwhile, it's like, no, 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 the feeling might come back. And I don't think that it's necessarily like the burden falling on us. I think it's more so just how we naturally communicate or care about communicating care about communication. I don't Mm. think that men have the same kind of concern for communication the way that women do. Like we put a lot on, like we put a lot on communication where men kind of put a lot on the actions around it. It's like if they, if they were hanging out with their friends, well, other guy friends, and there's like uh, a dispute or a quarrel or something, their, their, their reaction is more so worried about the mood or the feeling of being with that person. It's like, if I play video games with him, is it going to be tense? Or if we go shoot hoops, is it going to be like awkward? They're more worried about that than they are like being able to have a full fledged conversation. And I think from my experience with guys, they do talk about like things that are important to them or interesting to them. And they do have sometimes where they're just like, I don't want to talk. I just want to do something. But with women, we are more concerned, not, not only about that awkward feeling, but we're also concerned about what are you thinking about me? Jameer, you could disagree with me. I, I, <laughs> but that's been my experience. So I honestly think it really depends on um, how long you've known someone and as well as how um, comfortable you feel opening up to that person. So I feel like the thing is, in a lot of uh, male friendships, our, uh, our friendships are usually fairly superficial. Superficial to the point where a lot of times we don't talk about like our feelings or things that we're going through. So when we have relationships with women and women are so open to like sharing all of your um, ideas and all of your thoughts a lot of times we feel um, like we're getting inundated with a lot of information that we might not particularly need or care to hear 
here and then like when y'all want us to uh reciprocate that same amount of uh, thought into like our responses and stuff we're so used to uh having conversations with our male friends that we don't know how to really respond so like when y'all send like those paragraphs or when y'all ask those thought-provoking <laughs> questions and we might hit you back with a k or you might hit you like lol like a lot of times we just aren't we haven't been in spaces where we've got an opportunity to have those really thought-provoking conversations so like it, now we're like how do i like respond or how do i show someone that i care when that's not something that i typically do on my day-to-day with my own friend but at a certain point i feel like we got to grow up from that and we can't be expecting um, women to be these uh i don't know i feel like the way that relationships are even just like friendships now between men and women are i feel like a lot of time the men if we are open to like telling talking to you guys about our emotions a lot of times it's just us dumping the emotions onto you instead of like it actually being a conversation so i feel like that's another i feel like that's another big part of like this discussion too like ways that men and women can better uh have conversations where they're actually beneficial for each other i shouldn't just hit y'all up when bad things are happening and then like talk to y'all like y'all my therapist that's weird what i've experienced is that men become two different people and i don't know if it's like them compartmentalizing or what but they become two different people when they're in a relationship space versus a friendship space when i talk to other women who have a lot of guy friends they're like i love my guy friends because they're so funny or they're they're so witty or they talk about these different things and we see them in this this different scope and then when they get in relationships they're a whole different fucking person and mm-hmm. we're literally like my guy friend is great and like any girl will be lucky to have him and then you go and you date somebody's guy friend and you're like this dude is the fucking worst man ever (laughs) even in like my own relationship with my dad i feel like i wish he was a little more like less stoic Mm. i wish that he was um so he's also an aquarius he's actually a double aquarium (laughs) because i feel like my cancer energy balances the aquarius out a little bit at least sometimes but my dad nope it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes i don't believe that that's something that's unbreakable i also believe that if the man that you're talking to really wanted to start trying to work on communicating better he would have already done it Mm -hmm. like the second that you brought it the second that you brought it up i feel like that's not the hardest thing to work on yeah there's people actually going through like real trauma in relationships and trying to like battle that and then like we're talking about oh yeah like i'm trying to talk to this person that's supposed to be that i'm supposed to be in a relationship with and he's all the responses are cold no he could he could warm those responses up if he really wanted to yeah i mean so much you hear about people who like move in together because they think that's going to solve their problem and then Mm. they get a dog because they think that's going to solve their problem and then they start having kids and then you're like 10 12 15 years into this relationship and the the woman or like whoever is not being communicated with is like why (laughs) how did we get here right is the first question how did we get here and why did i allow this to go on i'm of the belief that if someone really loves you so toxic if someone really loves you they're going to want to become a better communicator with you because that is such an easy way to show that you love someone is just being able to communicate with them. Like, okay, this is this is my this is my hot take hot take here. So like, are we all familiar with Pride and Prejudice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
So and zombies. <laughs> Junior. So, so a friend, a friend of mine, me and her got in a conversation, and every woman I know is always like, "Mr. Darcy's goal." Every male in a Jane Austen book, bitch, how dare you? We love we. This is a Mr. Darcy stan account, so you no. shut the hell up. Listen. No, that was the old man, right? No, oh lord, I hate y'all. I really hate Mr. Darcy's trash. Okay, hold on. First, Mr. Darcy is trash. Why is Mr. Darcy trash? Will die on this hill. I would love to hear why is he trash? Because (laughs) several reasons, and all of them counteract each other, which is insane to me. But any man who refuses. Okay, no, listen, it is literally called Pride and Prejudice. He is full of both pride and prejudice. Why would you marry someone who is prejudice? Okay, don't give me all, anything. Let's, hold don't on, give me anything about back. Regency Let's England. run it back. Let's run mm. this back here. Okay, you bitter bitch. <laughs> Let's run this back. <laughs> wow. He starts First off. episode. He starts off. No, no, no. This is the episode. On I don't know where that laugh came less. from. So listen, he starts off full of pride and prejudice. And he's trying to tell his homeboy, you should also be full of pride and prejudice. Yes, we hate that. Not good. Bad. Boo hoo. But by the end of the book, he is so conflicted by everything else that he's bred into his life as true that we see character growth and development to the point that he falls in love with Elizabeth, this character who is a a curious and confident and I don't give a fuck what you think of me, I'm gonna do me, fuck you, wonderful female woman character and Darcy just has to fucking take it. We love to see Mr. Darcy's growth and we love to see the fact that Mr. Darcy actually can admit his flaws and admit his growth and that is what we wanted to see and i don't know shit what you you got to say 200 pages for it no because they didn't have television it's the same as jane austen (laughs) she took like the first three chapters to just to fucking describe trees like classical literature is made for the niggas that didn't have no fucking tv wait are you talking about jane Eyre? oh yes you said jane austen twice because jane austen is the author of pride and prejudice jane Eyre, e-y-r-e thank you star bron Bronte? Charlotte Bronte. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Miss Bougie, I went to Lehigh over here and read white people <laughs> books. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't grow up with white people. You did. So anyway, oh. back Ooh. to the business. Spice. <laughs> back to the business. But okay. One last thing. One last thing. Jameer, did you have something you wanted to say? No. Oh, wait. No, I never finished my... Hold on. I never finished my damn answer on why I disagree with y'all saying whatever the fuck y'all said i don't really fully remember it just now but i knew where i was going with what i had to say anyway mr darcy exists out there somewhere but the reality is mr darcy was written by a woman with her expectations of what she wanted a man to be if you want to know what a real man is like and i'm not saying like real man as in like what they normally are but how men perceive them o- their own selves read male authors writing men Ugh. That, and that's yes. a, and that's a tragic truth like that's like for me when we talk about like, oh, a guy, if he really cares and he really loves you, then he'll communicate with you. I don't think that's true. I think there are men out there who genuinely care about their partners and who, who are interested in their partners, but they just don't have the capacity to do certain things that they just aren't interested in or isn't on their radar as significant. A lot of times with women, I feel like we look for our, our favorite male characters who are written by women and not our male characters who are written by men. Okay, I definitely agree with that. Like, I hate Gatsby, but like, I can understand Gatsby. I, 
Listen, you like I said, hate. I hate Gatsby. Gatsby. Have, have we had this conversation? I think so. I'm a. I. I am here for Gatsby slander. Okay. No. <laughs> I just make that very this clear. This is a Gatsby stand. No, it's podcast. <laughs> yes, it Daisy is. Oh man, is a prime example of why women deserve less. I think it was Daisy, right? And on to our next fucking topic with Jameer's toxic <laughs> ass. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I think. I think that was Daisy, the one I didn't like, I think. The main, but she's yeah. the main character. Daisy fucking sucked. <laughs> Daisy All sucked. All right, yes, it was the she, 20s. You making excuses mm, for Daisy, hold on, hold that, on. Man. You making excuses for Daisy, but you won't make excuses for Mr. Darcy. Let's just remember that. A, Let's just remember difference. where you fucking There's stand. A, big difference. a character There's with a no big growth. Difference. A character with mm. no growth versus a character with tons of growth, tons of money, and love in his heart. That's where Daisy I, had tons of money. No, Daisy had Tom's money. Daisy, <laughs> Daisy had no fucking money of her own. Her Daisy had her man's money. Abusive. That money was not Daisy's. That money, that money shacked up across that the sound with Jay, Jay Gatsby. Gatsby and Tom's money. The men in the book had the money. <laughs> Daisy ain't had no coins. Daisy's Daisy was chasing wherever the coins went. Let's be clear. Lizzie said, and what's "Listen, so Darcy. Wrong with that? Listen, what's Darcy. What's so wrong with that, Daphne? You're the one who is always telling me with a bag. I at, need to be making. A bag at. <laughs> so chase that. How that city girl song go? I'll work job. I am a job. I'll, that's Daisy right there. She a city girl. Daisy belongs to the city. She belongs to the streets. <laughs> to the streets. Listen, is she that so streets. bad? Is that so bad? It's not. Have a whole- but she wasn't my favorite character, though. I don't like Great Gatsby. But I do think I do think the reality of the situation is we can't continue. Wow, I can't even believe it. I got so drunk, I'm over here capping for men. I hate myself. <laughs> so listen. <laughs> She's coming to the dark side. I know. We hate to see it. Okay, if the Great Gatsby was written, if the Great Gatsby was written by a woman. Jordan Baker and Daisy Buchanan would have ended up together as the perfect Roaring Twenties lesbian couple. Change my mind. I won't. Okay, yeah, I, I, I believe that. I literally will not try to change your mind because that is accurate. The, mm-hmm. That's what I thought was going to happen when I first read the book. I was like, oh, okay. So then I'm like, oh, so that's what's happening. And then when they said that she was, um, they were describing, I think, um, the type of skirt, that the tennis skirt that she was the wearing. Tennis and skirt. how it was so Yeah, and how it was so, uh, what was the word they used? Well, they tried to make it seem like the skirt was like real like revolutionary. I'm like, oh, revolutionary. That means lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I rest my case, and therefore, that is why men deserve less. Accurate. Okay. So I guess we're moving on into me. <laughs> like it was stated earlier, we are changing up our segments. So I decided to do something fun. Um, this season, I will be reading some flash fiction or short stories, trying to keep them under 10 minutes. Um, and with that said, we are accepting submissions. So if you would like to submit, please email us at thepeasinthepodcast at gmail.com. And I am going to get right into my story. So this is a flash fiction. It's a postcard story. So this story is called... And I gave it two different titles. So it's called The Value of Work slash Water is Free. Now that I'm drunker, it's much harder to narrate and read this, but we're going to go on this journey together. <clears throat> I believe in you. Thanks. I received complaints from customers that a boy was sitting around my dining my diner rummaging for scraps in the trash styrofoam containers. I removed my no shoes, no shirt, no service sign from the door and tucked it under a stock of a stack of menus. Walking through the rain towards a frail boy sitting behind my diner, I waved him inside. We sat down at a booth and his eyes looked at the menu longingly with his hand in his lap. I told him to order what he pleased and that it'd be on the house. He furrowed his brow. Politely, he asked for scrambled eggs 
and a glass of water, and slowly dug into his pocket and pulled out his last 95 cents. Scrambled eggs cost 75 cents, and water was free. And that's that. Thank you guys. Wonderful on this journey. Please send me some stuff. I told y'all it was flash fiction. I'm like, I was about to get, I'm like, okay, what's happening next? That's what was happening. That was it. So. That was really nice. Thank you. You know, I be trying out here. I told y'all I got A. <laughs> so anybody who is out there submitting or you have, if you have suggestions of something that you want me to read, even if it's like a famous short story, I don't care. Um, I'm more than happy to. Uh, we do want to give some time to that particular segment for us to just, you know, catch a good story or two rather than us rambling about our mess. So I'm passing this. <laughs> I am passing this torch to Jameer. Oh, boy. Get into okay. your topic. Get into your topic, boy. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like my topic is a little controversial. So I'm going to It's pretty much like no name versus Cole versus the world. And then, especially Twitter. So just like there are now these newfound conversations and all this discourse surrounding what it means to not only be not racist, but to be anti-racist. Have we now reached to the point of being anti-sexist and anti-misogynist as well? No. Well, mm-hmm. look, in That's some ways, here. yeah, in some ways I think so. But now that we're having these conversations, is it always actually misogyny that's going on? So... This makes me think of this example focusing around No Name and J. Cole. Or really, I guess, No Name versus everybody. Because she's been very, very busy this quarantine. Oh, she has. It started with a... Yes, she did. It started with a sub at Cole and K-Dot's activism in the spring. J. Cole saw the shot and he responded. He pretty much said... Well, he responded with a song. And in the song, he pretty much said, I respect what you're saying, but please don't talk to me in a demeaning way. He So... Her uh, initial tweet was pretty much calling um, out J. Cole and Kendrick for not really speaking about black issues in the wake of a lot of the uh, Black Lives Matter protests and mm-hmm. everything that was going on. And in some ways, I was confused, mainly because J. Cole and Kendrick had actually been to protests, but maybe she wanted them to be, she wanted them to do more. But yeah, J. Cole ended up making that song and responding and Twitter erupted. It was almost as if he was the one who caused the first, who threw the first shot. Because I don't know where he was called all types of sexist and misogynist pigs. And people were pretty much outright saying that he hated all black women from responding to something that she had tweeted. This incident in itself just made me wonder if I was biased towards Cole. Like, I even though I don't particularly listen to a lot of his music, I heard about him before. He's also an Aquarius, maybe so I stand all aquas. Yes. <laughs> and like also he's he's still a man. So maybe I sympathize with him on that aspect. Toxic. Also, but like is it right to critique someone's activism especially during a time where a time where so much struggle was going on? Struggle in America, struggle with just being black in general. Is it right for us to critique another black person's activism or lack thereof and then i also remember that she never really told him what he was doing wrong or what he could be doing better how can you want for someone to improve like they give you how can you want someone to improve and you have the game plan for them to approve to improve but you not share it because there's google or whatever else girls be saying on twitter girls in my opinion at least hold on yeah, no yeah. see this i'm is gonna stop you right every, there jameer every second no, is, show why is, whatever is, is those that, girls what be saying? saying on twitter i say that i tell <laughs> white people to google things themselves all Purity? the time 
This is not just an Look. arbitrary black girls being pissed on Twitter thing. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to totally take that whole that. thing out your mouth because that is not true. So I totally agree that, like, a lot of times there are, like, when people ask, like, very, very basic questions, right? But, like, in reference to no name, she never even told J. Cole what exactly she would want him to be doing. So how are you gonna critique his activism? Okay, I'm about well, to, first. I feel like she could. I'm about to dig into that. One. Oh, wait, which one? I'm say? about to dig into that one. We changed and, this episode to why oh. Jamia deserves less. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not talking about Nikki enough. Oh right, <laughs> if y'all don't know by now, Jamir is toxic. Go find him on Twitter and see all that toxicity. Oh no, don't find me on Twitter. No. <laughs> so <laughs> last name is spelled C O. <laughs> the amount of people I've blocked. But yeah, oh, like, God. but in my opinion, at least in this case, I would say that it wasn't misogyny. Mm-hmm. At least in the sense that I believe that. So I believe that it wasn't misogyny, but because misogyny is so entrenched in the world in general, we can tie a lot of uh, mm-hmm. we can tie a lot of responses to this particular incident to misogyny. We can, like now, no name has basically have to. Uh, escape off of Twitter at least four to five different times within a quarantine from people attacking her for people just a lot of harsh critiques and some of the critiques are warranted I will agree but for a lot of them it just seems like people are upset that she's critiquing their favorite artists she's critiquing Beyonce she's critiquing J. Cole and Mm -hmm. some of the critiques that she's brought up on Twitter are I believe that they're sound but because she's critiquing these bigger artists with larger platforms, she's just getting torn to shreds. And I don't think that that's what uh need. I don't think that that's really what we need right now. I believe that the situation has just become very anti-woman. And I believe that if if Cole's response didn't start off as uh, misogynist, it definitely caused a lot of his misogynist fans to attack her. So that like goes into my questions. Do y'all think that Cole was wrong for asking No Name not to talk to him and what looks like could have been a condescending tone? Oh, or, look. I guess, talk in reference to him? Oh, Listen, okay, sorry. Go ahead. I, I know nothing about this. Mm. I, I could not even pick No Name out of a lineup. Like, I know a little bit about it, obviously, but like... No Name, No Hit. That's what the, that's what the Beyonce fans would call her on Twitter. Stop. I do not know what this girl looks like. But you just... You said something a little bit earlier that Daphne and I both took issue with i don't even remember what it was he said that girls on twitter be yelling after that he said something else toxic there's google oh no yeah you said that no name didn't tell j cole what he could be doing better why is it her responsibility this goes directly back to my segment okay. why does i feel like if she's going to critique him can i no. tap tap wait can i tap 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 in <laughs> yes okay <laughs> my mic on Mike sounds nice. Right. Yeah, uh, so, I heard it. I heard the tap. So my thing is this, Star. If I, so I, I see where both of you guys are coming from, right? So here's my thing. I see where Jameer is coming from, and I see where you're coming from, Star. But as somebody who has a little bit more awareness of the situation, Star, if I didn't, I would probably side with you. But because I have a little bit more awareness, okay. I, you know me, I will stand corrected if I need to be corrected with no shame. And I I don't think you're going to disagree with me on this one, but so it's not no, isn't, let me make this clear. It's not no name's job to educate J. Cole, right? 
Right. I don't think that it's anybody's job to have the the keys to the kingdom on how to resolve <laughs> the issues that they're going with. And I, I, I will give this example, prime fucking example, and we've talked about it before, not on this podcast, but in, in our circles, where I can criticize and say that I am tired of black women being described as foods. I'm tired of old chocolate, mocha, coffee bean, brown skin, caramel Caribbean, swirl, tree girl, whatever, all of that goofy shit. I'm tired of that, right? But then when I posed it to you guys and I was like, okay, so give me the alternative that we can use to describe black women instead of describing them as food. We didn't have an answer. We just literally Mahogany. don't have an answer because our, our response Mahogany. was like, mud, dirt, brown bear. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like nothing, nothing that matched the, the coloring of our skin was, was not associated with something that was like not uh, a beauty standard or ideal, right? But the, the critique is still valid, although there is not a solidified answer just yet. So what I'm saying is, do I think that No Name had to give J. Cole her actual answer on what to do? No. But here comes the big but. Do I think Cole was wrong in this instance? We like instance? big butts over here. I don't think Cole was wrong in this instance because you can give critique, but you also have to accept that there will be space that somebody might criticize you as mm -hmm. well. I read, I listened to the song, I read the lyrics line by line, and I was looking for something. I was like, maybe somewhere. Now, don't get me, don't get this twisted. Cole has said some problematic shit in the past. Now, if No Name was going to pop off, she had ample time to do it during most of the Born Center album. Like, he had, <laughs> Cole, Cole, went, yeah, especially Born the Center. critique, the critique that Cole is a soft misogynist, I think is very valid because he has proven that in lyrics before. In context, Cole was not misogynist. Out of context, as a whole, Cole has done some misogynistic things. Is he wrong for asking her not to have a condescending tone or anything like that? I don't think he's wrong for that. I think, I think, and this is somebody whose love language is acts of service. Cole's been at the marches. Cole's been giving the money. Cole's been talking to the people. Cole's been writing the songs. Kendrick's been writing the songs. I think they're human beings and they're allowed room and grace to be like, I'm tired of talking about this particular thing when y'all have shown and proved for years that y'all clearly don't give a fuck. So why am I going to keep yelling into the abyss? I'm going to try to navigate this from a different space. And if that navigational space is I'm going to fall back and chill in my house and get my own mental sanity together, then that's what it got to be. It's not, it's not for other black people to decide how everybody else has to be black. Or how yep. everybody has yep. to prove, yep. or how yep. everybody else has to prove how down they are. I, I just don't agree with that. And I think that, in essence, is what No Name was expecting from what I saw of her tweet. I think she was expecting to be able to navigate and tell tell a black man how to be a black man who appears to be down. Yeah, it, the the her tweets come off as very, like, accusatory. Yeah, and it's, and and it's, it's like, just not fair. And it's yo, just not fair. The same thing when she compared Angela Davis to Beyonce. She just be looking for stuff, like, to do. She was like, oh, it's <laughs> like, she was like, I... Like the second that she started tweeting about um how black people ain't support her music, I just started like I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like trying to find. Like I started getting bad vibes. I see niggas and she saw niggas enjoying uh, Black is King, and she had something to say about that too, right? There's some some woker than thou kind of things going on there. <laughs> like yeah, there are just people like, who if have your to activism be. Activism doesn't match hers. Then like you're an idiot. That kind of like yeah. goes into my uh. 
Second question. So how violent can a critique of someone's activism really be? Like, just because their activism doesn't look exactly like yours, does that mean that you can critique it? Or yes. should you just let them rock? No. I think you Nobody's can contri- above critique. You can critique. Oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? You drunk too, star? Shh, my mom <laughs> cannot hear this episode, y'all. She, um, <laughs> she really thinks I still be out here drinking water all every weekend. Pray um, for us. Pray for her. I love you, mom, if you happen to get your hands on this. Um, I think you can absolutely critique someone's activism because the growth is in the critique. Criticism. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Like, the growth is in the criticism. And if you're not... And, like, but you also have to be open to being criticized. Like, there have been so many posts... Okay. Side, side, side note, just a little bit. My best friend Bonnie and I, who we have to have on the podcast, she's amazing... My best friend Bonnie and I have been doing some anti-racist workshops in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and, like, in the awakening of white people, right? Mm-hmm. And she and I are both transracial adoptees, so we literally, even, no matter how hard we try to get away from tone policing ourselves, no matter how hard we try to separate ourselves from the thought process of white people, we literally know how white people think because yep. we grew up in that environment. So we've been doing some anti-racism workshops. And one of the things that I keep see, seeing popping up here and there, and it's always from black people, is that if you weren't doing... One of the quotes specifically was like, if you weren't doing anti-racism workshop, if you weren't leading anti-racism workshops 60 days ago, what makes you think you're qualified now? And I... I think deep down that critique is of white people who are now making money off of this moment, right? But in my little black heart that was raised by white people, I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, am I not qualified? So yeah. I, have to, I have to be open to that critique. I have to be open to the fact that there might be a black person out there that's like, why is Tarlisha doing anti-racism workshops? She just started speaking out about Black Lives Matter in 2015. Okay, great. I will absolutely take that criticism, right? So when it comes to something like this, and especially people who are in the public eye, it's so, it's easy for the three of us to sit here, right, with our microphones and our headphones and be like, should no name critique J. Cole? And what does that mean for the rest of us? And da 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 But like, when you break it down to its simplest parts, it comes down to accountability and the the want for our people to be free and the want for our people to be able to express themselves and the want for white people to know that black people are not a monolith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if the three of us and No Name and J. Cole all loved the same things, agreed on the same issues, knew the same anti-racist educators knew the 10 point stance of the black panther part like if we all knew all of those things our race would be so boring i agree with that right because i believe again i don't believe that anyone is above critique at all yep. but i believe that in critiquing activism for example right let's say i got on instagram and i was like yo if you're black and you haven't gone to any of the protests that have been happening across the u.s this whole time then like you're really, you're really not for us. You really don't care. And like some people could consider that a valid critique because they could say, oh, well, there's been protests happening all over the U.S. like almost every day of the week, especially in Philly and Washington, D.C. and New York City. And like 
and a lot of those protests it really hasn't been some of them have been big some of them have been small there's actually been a lot of white people at the philly ones surprisingly but it's just this idea that like i have the right to say that right but then what about the people who can't what about the people who can't really go out there yep what about the people with uh, who are immunocompromised me the people who work nine to fives the people there's there's a plethora of reasons why a lot of us have have not been able to participate in the protest as much as we would have liked to so but so should i be able to critique the other like the people who've donated money like okay they couldn't go to the protest but they donated money no your your activism is invalid because it doesn't look like mine your active like if your activism doesn't mean you're out on the streets risking covid then uh it doesn't matter and it's not uh is not useful to the community. Like, I believe that there's a lot of different um, avenues in which we can um, we can protest racial inequalities. And I also believe that there's, uh, especially with the rise of social media, with people who might not be able to go out into the streets, people can donate, they can share, they petitions. Like, I don't think people realize that there's so many other ways that we can uh, reach audiences. I think, like before she called out J. Cole, no name we're sharing like petitions and all this other stuff every single day. And I appreciate stuff like that because we didn't see no name out on the streets. Yeah. Like she's like for real, for real, if she was out on the streets, people would there definitely would have been a picture by now. So like she used her um platform to like promote petitions and stuff. And I think that's like I don't wanna speak for her because it's not like I particularly know, but I feel like that plays a big part into what she may have wanted J. Cole to do, like use his Twitter to retweet petitions and stuff. But he's not that type of artist. Um, so I like I tithe. I try to tithe as much as I can. So that's ten percent that goes to my church, right? We do um we're right across the street from an el- from a local elementary school. So every morning or every Friday or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday or whatever, when school is in session when there's not a global pandemic happening. We, <laughs> not set, a uh, we set out a table that has like breakfast snacky foods for the kids and it's free of charge nobody tries to win your soul for jesus it's just like like in the winter time it's like hot chocolate and like a granola bar or something and you can the That's kids so can just come up and grab a hot chocolate and grab a granola bar and i always 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 when i tithe my 10 percent of my paycheck when i actually do it goes to that <laughs> Y'all, Daphne just spilled liquor on her lap a lot as I'm talking about the church. Black Jesus, forgive us. My cup, her cup runneth over. Her cup literally runneth over. What's worse is I'm wearing shorts, so that shit is all on my skin. Gold. Um. So I I, like. I th- I think there I always donate or I always tithe to that specific ministry. I always tithe to like the morning like food ministry or whatever it's denoted as. And I think there is such power in knowing where your money is going to. And this oh, is yes it is. Absolutely like we could do an entire hour long podcast about like performative activism through donation, which that part I feel like I have taken a little bit of, like, I'm just going to be real honest and out myself. I have donated so much money since June that I had not donated up until then. 
right? Like I donated to, um, I think probably like to the Minnesota or the Minneapolis bail fund or whatever it was. I've donated yeah. like to local bail funds. I've donated to yeah. Black Lives Matter chapters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't say any of that to brag, but I say that to point out that like movements pressure people and not always in bad ways. You remember in high school yeah, when people would always be, the teachers would always be like, well, now kids don't give in to peer pressure. But if it's positive peer pressure, you can give in to positive peer yeah. pressure. And I feel yeah. like a lot of, like, when I hear stories about, like, black women donating $10,000, I'm like, who told you, A, where'd you get that money? B, who told you that that was a good idea? C, at one point, does that become performative, right? And I know that's not the point. It's not the point. It's not the point. It's not the point. No, 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 no. But I, 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 I think I see. I like. I agree with you. I, and I think it's just something that comes from multiple perspectives. Where, like, yeah. for me, I've, I've always, I'm always gonna align myself to direct support rather than mm-hmm. like the middleman. Like, like I don't want grassroots. Yeah, stuff. I don't want to donate. I don't want to donate my money to. Uh, a organization that is um, a Black Lives Matter chapter or a bailout fund. I don't want to. I will because it's the it's the most accessible thing for me to do if I can't get out in March or if I can't uh, actually do some like change legislation directly. It's the easiest thing for me to do and still be a part of something. But it's not something that I would want to align myself to. Something that I would find more beneficial is for me to directly know where my money is going so that that person can get the most benefit out of my contribution. I don't got to change the entire world overnight, but if I can change one person and I fully believe in this idea of like six degrees of separation, if I can change one person, I'm hoping that they'll go to change the next person and they'll change the next person. And that's just one kind of domino effect of things. I agree with that. If a person needs $10 to get out of jail and I donate twenty dollars and then they divvy that up between multiple people and then that person that needed the ten dollars only gets five dollars did i really even help anybody right like <laughs> i like yeah by the time they split it up that i was thinking about that too with like that's why i was so happy that the uh, philly bell fund was able to raise so much money that the philly bell fund was telling other people yo stop donating to us yeah that i was appreciative i saw a lot of places being like please stop donating Please right. stop donating. And I'm like, yo, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's like, what a good problem to have, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Star, it seems like we're about to transition oh, no. to okay. your segment. You ready? Ooh. I'm ready. Sorry, Wait, Jameer, are you done? You got everything? We we solved the world's problems via No Name and J. Cole? I think so. Look at I us. feel like, yeah, I, I guess, if anything, i like to add, I just think that this would have been better as a conversation between them two yeah like yeah she could have just hit him up yep. like yo bro like can we talk they talk like yo i think it'd be like i don't know what you're doing right now but i feel like you could be doing this you could be doing that i mean because in, no no there's you're never above like being taught in fairness though like, in fairness though i also agree on that with these entanglements August oh no no nope, we not going here August we not going need to tell us none here. of his business he could have took mm. that right up with jada and will and left us out of it and this is why men deserve less. yes i i believe yeah the fact that like august made all of that like i need to know public is weird to me we're gonna like, talk I, about i felt that. very uncomfortable we're gonna talk about that, that another time 
that's another podcast hey guys i have a crazy idea for our next episode let's invite all our exes on okay i'm seeing mine tomorrow you live with yours (laughs) no the other okay the other one i'm seeing my i'm seeing my ex tomorrow why he wants to meet the kitten um beans the kitten oh i was about to say (laughs) (laughs) i was like what can he trying to meet with sis Daphne, you got to get in the corner now. Oh, Y'all, I'm no. very drunk. No, we hate it. Okay, I got to do my topic or I will never get through it. I have to pee so bad. Okay, I'm just bouncing up and down. All right, this is my new segment. Notes on the theater world. You okay? I'm going to give myself that. It, I'm going to give myself that intro one more time. Back at it again. This is my new segment, Notes on the Theater World. So as we know, at the, at the beginning of COVID-19, in February in New York City... And March, I think it was like maybe March 15th-ish is when Pennsylvania shut down. Broadway absolutely shut down. And it was one of those things where we all saw it coming a mile away. Um, I know Daphne works in New York City, so she probably saw it coming before any of us. But those of us who know anything about theater knew that there was no way that shows could happen in the midst of a crisis that was literally killing people because we have an incompetent president. Yes, I said it. So Donald Trump, if you're listening, like mm, Donald Trump, if you're listening, I fully Fuck blame you. you for a lot of people I love Fuck you. being out of work Fuck since you. March. Mm. And I fully blame you for not being able to see Moulin Rouge even though I definitely had a few months prior to like see it and I chose to see other things. So in the midst of all of this, there were shows that shut down. There were Broadway actors who came out and said, hey, I was diagnosed with COVID-19 um, and I'm home. Aaron Tveit, Aaron Tvet. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what you were trying to say. Aaron, Aaron Tvet, who was in the original Broadway cast of Next to Normal. He is um, Christian, diagnosed with coronavirus, as well as a few of his Moulin Rouge castmates. And a number of other Broadway actors were diagnosed, um, including Nick Cordero, who was in um, A Bronx Tale on Broadway two years ago, I think it was. And he unfortunately did not recover from COVID-19 and passed away last month. And it rocked the the Broadway community to the core. Wait, did y'all not know this? No. (laughs) I yeah. feel like I've seen something about this on Facebook. He, you probably shared it. I probably, I think I did. I definitely did. He had COVID for months, four, right? Forty something days, fifty something days. Mm. So Broadway is shut down until at least January third, twenty twenty one. They were looking at a September twenty twenty reopening, and the mayor and the governor said, "Nope, we can't do it because there's." And the thing that baffles me about all of this is people are like, oh, well, we can keep the audiences safer. Okay, great. What about a show with 40 ensemble members? How are we keeping 40 ensemble members safe? That's great if you... I'm sorry, but you also have crew. And literally, crew is physically with you the entire time. Like, there's no no getting around... There's no getting around mic tech. Like there's nothing, there's nothing you can do that you don't come in contact physically with someone else unless you're doing a whole goddamn hologram show. (laughs) Right. Like wig designers, 
a wig designer will stand right, right in front your of your face. face. Y'all can't see me, but I'm like, my hand is two inches from my face, fixing that tape, making sure your mic is right, breathing in your face. There is not a single second where actors and crew members do not come in close contact with each other if you want the show to be successful. With theater in general, it's such a humanizing thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's no part of theater that is not involved heavily without depending on other people i don't think i've ever even been in a dressing room where i haven't been shoulder to shoulder with like somebody else there's no privacy there's no kind of like i have my own space i can stay six feet apart because everything is moving so fast and even for those leads that are coming in they're doing a quick change you have your ensemble waiting in the wings it's just to even fathom like uh-uh. We'll be ready or we'll know how to navigate this space is just mind blowing. So there's also some of us who have decided to start a theater company in the middle of a global pandemic. Yes. Hi. Hello. That's me. I decided Talk for whatever shit. reason <laughs> to start Disrupt Theater Company, which is a black indigenous people of color focused theater company here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in the middle of a pandemic because I'm bored Like, I have so much privilege that I've been able to work through this pandemic and I've been able to start a business. How? And and there are Broadway actors who are unemployed. And Mm. I think about that and it's just like so baffling to me that there is such a lack of equity across the theater community, which is a completely different topic that I could talk about for four more hours. Wait, but, can I jump in? Can I just yeah. I get, add some clarity here? It's not that she was bored. This was born bored. out of years <laughs> of anger with the handling of Lancaster theaters around yes. BIPOC people. Yeah. And does that make sense? Black, indigenous, people, yeah. colored people. Yes. Okay. So that sentence still makes sense. <laughs> um, BIPOC folks. Yes. So this this wasn't a star is bored. This is a star. Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, we are all now in a much better career focused financial spot than we were when we started this podcast. Because oh, yeah. Lord knows we was shout out to God. Lord knows we was struggling yes. before. Won't Look at he do it? Blessings blessings but this this was more around you having security in your own job to be able to navigate the time that you need to focus on building a a dream project out right okay no no i just talked to my uh friend my one of my coworkers just said that like a lot of times black people especially black people who are like really hard workers we feel like we had to talk down about our talents mm-hmm. or our gifts or mm-hmm. just anything that we're working on because we are we're so used to making ourselves feel small. Yep. So that like the world can accept us in an easier way. Yep. But no, like yeah, you've been you've been talking about this dream for a very long time. Yes. And it's amazing that you're actually gonna be able to to push the, those dreams into fruition. Yes. Oh, thank you guys. I'm gonna cry because I had too much alcohol. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I started a theater company and our first show is going to be over zoom at the end of the month. And I'm going to be able through the blessings of God himself and through the generous donations of a lot of white folks who really believe in this project, I'm able to pay my actors 
more than I thought I was going to originally be able to pay them. And it has been just such an interesting process to go through. Okay, Black Excellence. And so we have come to an end of our season two. Thank you guys so much for journeying through this with us. I mean, it's been a lot. We are very drunk by this point. I think Star can attest her mm-hmm. her bladder is definitely screaming. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh, I'm dying so badly. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. So this is Daphne signing off. Thank you guys so much. We hope to see you again this season. If you have any feedback for us, leave it in the comments. If you just want to talk about some lit stuff, pop off in the comments. Do that too. We we'd love to see it. We'll comment back. Mm-hmm. And anything else you guys got to say? No. Thanks for joining us. This is so exciting. We are so happy to be back. Yeah. And recording. We had been saying all through quarantine, we're like, all right, when are we going to record? When are we going to record? And now it's July. So, oh no. Oh my gosh, it's August. Yeah, this summer went by fast. Real quick. (laughs) So, we're really happy to be all together in the same space. And we're really happy that you all have um, tuned in with us. And yeah, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. Follow our socials as they come out. I think that's everything. Jameer, you got anything to say? Uh, stream Move Your Hips by Nicki Minaj. What? <laughs> stream Move Your Hips by Nicki Minaj and uh, ASAP Ferg. We try and get that number one. I hate that. Oh, we got a new Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Cardi B, Cardi B Cardi coming song. out tomorrow. So today. That's coming out tomorrow. It's Thursday the 6th. So by the time y'all hear this, it'll be out for a while. But make sure you it's go stream wax. at least a week. Okay, not a while. A couple of days. A week. So make sure you go yeah. stream our girl Meg and my girl Cardi. Meow. Meow. Okay. All right, guys, we're out. Bye. Bye. See ya.